Welcome to the Encounter Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this week's message. As a church, we have been going through the book of Ephesians for I don't even know how long now. It's been a couple months now, a few months. Um, So if you're just joining us today, you are here for the season finale. This is it. We're closing out the book of Ephesians. We're going to talk about the last part of Ephesians chapter 6. And then um, starting next month, we're going to move into uh, this series on forgiveness called 70 Times 7, which is a series that we are going through in our small groups or encounter us communities uh, that meet throughout the week. So uh, yeah, this morning we're just going to get into God's Word. I know there has been a lot that has transpired and happened today, and um, a lot about to happen right now. Um, and then we go eat afterwards because the Lord made food. Thank you, God. That was such a brilliant idea. I just got to thank Him for that. Um, I just want to take a moment and just pray. Lord God, we just thank you for today. God, we thank you, Lord, that your presence is already here with us, Lord, that you've been here. Lord God, we just thank you for family and just community. And God, we thank you that we have the ability to be able to gather together to worship you freely, Lord. We thank you, Lord God, and we pray that you would help us not to take that for granted. God, the ability to be able to come together when we worship you. And so, God, I just pray this morning that um, as we prepare to dive into your word, that you would give us revelation, Lord, that you would help us to understand who you are. God, help us to understand what it is that you have already spoken to us in your word, God, and how it applies and is relevant to what we are going through and facing today. So, God, we thank you for your presence and your spirit that is resting here, and we just ask that you would continue to give us clarity and revelation in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Um, So, again, we're going to talk about the latter half of Ephesians chapter 6. So, if you have your Bible with you, your paper Bible or your e-Bible, you can go ahead and open it up to Ephesians chapter 6. We're going to start at verse 10. Um, Pastor Steve started us out with chapter 6, the first half, uh, last Sunday. Did an amazing job, as always, bringing the word, our pastor. Um, And so, we're going to close it out today, and we're going to get this season finale and uh, move on to the next thing that the Lord has for us. Um, And so we've been going through the entire book of Ephesians, uh, which is this letter that the Apostle Paul has written to the church in Ephesus. And he comes to the very end of this letter, and he's offering some encouragement and some direction to the church. And I believe that the direction and the encouragement that he is offering to the church in Ephesus is very relevant to what is needed for Encounter Church as well. Um, And I'm going to kind of give us a preview before we fully jump in. Um, But one of the things that the Apostle Paul is encouraging us about um, or directing us about is how to address the schemes of the enemy or the schemes of of, uh, the devil. So we all know that God has a plan for our life. God has a plan for us that is good. God has a plan for us to give us a hope and a future. God has good plans for us. But at the same time, we have an enemy that is in opposition to God, the devil, Satan, whatever you want to call him, whatever name you want to give him. He has all those names in God's word. And he also has a plan for us. And we are caught in the middle of a battle between God's kingdom, the kingdom of light, and Satan's kingdom, the kingdom of darkness. 
And so the Apostle Paul at the end of Ephesians is giving us some instruction and direction on what to do when we encounter the schemes and the plans of Satan or the enemy or the devil. Because the reality is, even though, dang, it's like the devil got a plan for my life, the good thing is that God's plan is so much greater. It's so much better. And so we don't have to be afraid. We don't have to be nervous. We ain't even got to be tripping at all that the devil has a plan because we know that God has all power and authority. And he has and will continue to defeat Satan. So whatever plan that the enemy has for us will not prevail, will not be successful, will not be victorious. But we still have to walk it out in life on a day-to-day basis this plan that the enemy tries to come at us with. And we have to willingly and intentionally choose God's plan and God's way because he desires to give us the victory and he desires for us to um, just walk in the fullness of what he has for us rather than what the enemy has for us. Um, So let's go ahead and jump in here. All right, cool. Oh, look at that. It's on the screen. All right, so Ephesians chapter 6, starting at verse 10 It says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Well, how do I do that? Verse 11, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, not people, not my coworker, not my cousin, Definitely not my pastor or one of my other brothers and sisters in Christ. But against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. And then the Apostle Paul says, pray also for me that whenever I speak, words may be given to me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. Ooh, that was a lot. <laughs> but it's good stuff, right? All right. We're going to whip it all the way back. Take us back, Shara, or whoever that is up there, to verse 10 um, to get us started. <clears throat> the first directive that we have in this passage of Scripture is that we are to be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. So we need to make sure that we take note that our strength is in his mighty power, not ours. Because we are good for trying to do something in our own strength, with our own ability, with our own knowledge. And then we're wondering why we're on the struggle bus, as I call it. Because we're supposed to be strong in his mighty power. 
Because my power ain't mighty. My power is whack. I mean, I don't know other way to put it. It's just whack. (laughs) But the word in verse 11 says, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. So typically, when the devil comes up against us with some type of scheme, some type of plan, some type of strategy, we typically have a few different types of responses, right? One of the responses is, you know, the devil comes at us. You know, later on in that verse, it talked about him shooting fiery darts at us. And sometimes we just fall. Like, the fiery dart come at us, the devil brings his scheme up against us, and we just fall. We just fall back. And some of us, you know, we just a little frail, we a little weak, so we just automatically go back, right? And then some of us, the devil knows, like, he can't just throw the arrow. Like, he really got to be strategic. Like, he got to get the right vantage point. He got to, like, look for the part of you that's exposed, that might be most vulnerable, that might necessarily be so easily recognizable. And, like, he really got to be intentional to, you know, figure out how he's going to throw his dart at you and how he's going to present his scheme to you. Like, he got to be a little bit more sly, right? And then there's some of us where, you know, maybe we're just a little young in our faith or we just don't know. And the devil, sometimes he might have a little tiny bitty dart and he just walk right up to us and just pew, and that one little dart just take us all the way out, all the way out. The enemy comes at us and sometimes we fall, right? That's our response when he comes at us with his schemes. Some of us, we got a lot of zeal and we got a lot of passion, right? We wake up in the morning and we like, I'm a body body soldier for the Lord. I'm ready for him, whatever he got for me today, let's go. He, he gonna come for me. If he don't come for me, I'm gonna go up in his camp. I'm gonna let him know he gonna catch these hands. And we just wake up in the morning, juice ready to roll up at the devil's house and come for him. And we got a lot of passion and we got a lot of zeal. And some of us, we got some maturity and some wisdom. And then some of us, we got a lot of passion, but we ain't got no technique. We ain't got no skills. We just got heart. We got a desire. Like we want to come through for the Lord. We don't know the word. We can't name all pieces of the armor. Some of us, we just, we just going to take the blow and just take them as much as we can until we can't, you know, stand anymore. And we still fall. So either way, whichever approach we have, we're still falling. Even if we're overly zealous and we're passionate, but we're lacking understanding or wisdom or skill or tools, we still fall. And then there's some of us, we've kind of learned a little bit along the way as we've developed and cultivated our relationship with God. We've learned how to stand. Because when we look at the scripture right there in verse 11, it says that we are supposed to stand against the devil's schemes. So we're supposed to resist. We're supposed to be in opposition to. And when we look throughout this passage of scripture, everywhere it says to stand. It says to stand against, to withstand, to stand firm. That is our role. Our role is to stand. And we have to begin to change our mindset and how we think about how we are going to engage the enemy when he comes at us. 
Because the word doesn't instruct us, go to where the devil is and just, you know, put a beating on him. That's not what it says. It says that our role is to stand and to withstand, which is to resist. So that means we got to change our approach a little bit. So when you look up this word stand, um, in the Greek, it means to stand, to place, to make firm, fix, establish, or place in balance. That's what stand means. And we know that to withstand means that it's to resist or to oppose. So really what the Apostle Paul has done for us is told us that, number one, you need to know that the enemy is coming up against you with a scheme. Period. (laughs) Schemes on schemes. Right? Because we end this for life. It's not like the devil comes to you for, for one weekend and then he just gone. Like, this is our life. This is an everyday battle. So number one, the devil is coming at us with schemes. And the Apostle Paul tells us, what do we do? How do we respond? And our response is not to go running, chasing after the devil. Our response is to stand firm. And so the Apostle Paul gives us this analogy of armor to kind of paint this picture for us to help us understand how it is that we are supposed to stand against the enemy. Because he's coming at us with fiery darts every day. Every day. So let's go into these pieces of our armor that are going to help us to be able to stand. And we're going to expose some of the Satan's strategies that are coming up against us. So the first one that he says is, um, therefore put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground and after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist with the breastplate, oh, sorry, let me not jump ahead. I got excited. Let's pause there. (laughs) Belt of truth. All right, so... Back in the day, uh, soldiers, when they had a belt of truth, or excuse me, when they had a belt, it wasn't like a little belt like we have today where, you know, it just wraps around you, you know, it has a few buckles on it. Like your belt, when it came to your armor, it like covered your core. Um, If you look at the New King James translation and even the King James translation, it talks about girding your loins. So back in the day, soldiers, they kind of had these like long wraps on and what they would do is they would pull them up and actually wrap them all around themselves kind of like a girdle any y'all know what a girdle is ladies might know what a girdle is fellas i don't know if y'all know maybe if you marry you might know what a girdle is (laughs) but um it's like a sphinx um so yeah so they take this wrap and they wrap it around them so that they can have support so that they can be secure right so it's not just like you know a little belt because I'm just saying that you, we see people walking down the street, right, with their pants sagging and they got a belt on, but they pants still all the way down here, right? And that belt ain't doing a dang thing. It ain't doing nothing. So get that belt out of your mind. It's not that kind of belt. This type of belt, belt of truth, is some support. It's covering your whole little core section right here. And so truth... We are supposed to have an allegiance to God's truth, right? And God's word tells us in John 14, 16, Jesus says, I am the way, I am the truth, and the life. 
None can come to the Father but by me. So truth is not even just something that God possesses, but truth is who God is. If Jesus says that he is the truth, we need to come under the allegiance of Jesus Christ, the truth. So, of course, if we're putting on the armor of the belt of truth, Satan's strategy is lies and deception. John chapter 8, verse 44 tells us that Satan is the father of lies. That's what he do. He don't do nothing but lie. Satan use a lie. He just is a lie. So, of course, one of his schemes is he tries to come at us with lies and deception. We talk about it all the time. Pastor Forster talks about it all the time. You hear those voices in your head that come and speak to you in the first person and say, I am depressed. I am angry. I'm mad at her over there. I can't do this. I can't do that. God's not going to fix this situation. And it's a lie of the enemy that's coming to our mind trying to distort the truth. And so we got to put on our belt because when we have an allegiance to the truth, we can be able to discern what's a truth and what's a lie when a lie comes up against us. Because the truth is the beginning part. We have to believe that who Christ is, who God is, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, the triune God, three in one. We have to believe that God is first. That's the only way we can accept him, right? So that's the only way that we can accept truth. There is no truth apart from God because God is truth. And Satan will use different aspects of our life and of this world that we live in to deceive us into thinking that things that God has said is not true. Lie. That's why we got to put on the belt of truth so that we can be able to discern when we're walking through situations and circumstances what is really true and what is not true. We have to align ourselves with the truth because when we don't align ourselves with the truth, it makes us susceptible to deception. And that's how people get deceived. That's how we get deceived. I'm sure we all can think about situations where we can look back and be like, whoo, I was deceived. What was I thinking? That's what Anna said. What was I thinking? Some of y'all thinking about some past relationships. You was like, what was I thinking? Deceived. Oh, thank God for deliverance. So we have to put on, (laughs) that's right, Anna, our belt of truth so that we can be able to discern and know the truth. The next is the breastplate of righteousness. Um, Oh, look, we got images. Look at God. (laughs) Righteousness. Righteousness is to make right. Integrity, purity of life, rightness, correctness of thinking, feeling, and acting. Righteousness. Y'all, we're really good at being wrong as humans. We're really good at being wrong. But that's why we have a righteous God. Because only he can actually make us do right and make us be right. 
But we have to pursue that. We have to pursue righteousness. We have to pursue being in a right relationship with God. Make sure that when we stand before God, that we are standing right, that we are having godly character. So that is not just what I do. So not just, oh, I'm a good Christian and I'm avoiding all these sins and I'm not doing this and I'm not doing that. But righteousness is who I am on the inside. Because I can avoid some bad choices and behaviors and still be ratchet on the inside, acting crazy. My thoughts could be very unrighteous, even if I'm not acting on them. And sometimes it just might take a little time, because that's how it starts. On the inside in our thoughts. But we have to make sure that we are in right standing before God that we have the character, that who we are on the inside is who it is that God has made us and created us to be. So Satan's strategy when it comes to breastplate of righteousness, temptation. We decide which verses is comfortable, which verses are attainable, which ones I can actually do. I agree with this over here, but I don't know if I agree with that over there. That's rebellion. If we are saying and professing that we are living a life after Christ and we have, just like the waters of baptism, died to our old self, our old nature, our old flesh, and we are now being brought up to new life in Christ and Christ is our standard, we got to live out the whole thing. We can't just pick certain chapters. It's got to be the whole thing. It's an all or nothing type situation. So I'd be like, this life ain't for suckers. Is that okay for me to say that? I don't know. It's not. Being a Christian ain't no little cute thing. Let me not go down a rabbit trail. All right. The breastplate. Logistically, the breastplate protects your vital organs in your body. Your heart. So in order for us to put on the breastplate of righteousness and to walk in righteousness, it's got to happen right here in our hearts. One thing I always pray is I always just pray the word, like, Lord, create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. Why? Because my heart is deceitful, the word tells me. And I be trying to follow my heart. I'm like, let me just follow my heart. Because that's what's good and that's what's right. No, your heart will deceive you and have you caught up in some unrighteousness. All the yeses because we all done been down that road. I'm glad that we on the same page, family, and that, you know, we can really relate to each other. Because I thought I was going to be by myself. Verse 15, after we put on our belt of truth around our waist, our breastplate of righteousness, it says, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. So depending on, you know, which translation of the Bible you read, it says your feet fitted, your feet shod. If you're old school, if you're from the old school church, it's like my feet were shod. Um, <laughs> Basically, what that means is that your feet are being bound with the readiness and the preparation from the gospel of peace. 
that comes from the gospel piece. The gospel is the good news. And as I look around in counter church at our society and our world today, I'm not seeing a lot of peace. I see some of the devil's schemes. Let me read them. Division, disunity, confusion, anxiety. We can keep the list going and going and going. But that is not where God has called us to live. So where the world is, with all that disunity, all that discord, that's not supposed to be us. Some translation call it the shoes of peace. Our shoes is what helps us move. A soldier got to march and go somewhere. And you can't go nowhere and no disunity. It's debilitating. Pastor Steve said barefoot. Don't be barefoot. Don't nobody want all them corns and bunions and... No one has time for that, Pastor Steve. We got to put our shoes on. We have to be able to be prepared to live by and abide by the gospel, the message of Jesus Christ, his death, burial, his resurrection, which gives us hope that we can move forward. Verse 16, it says, in addition to all this, take up the shield of faith. Shield of faith. We know Hebrews 11, chapter 1, tells us faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. In order for us to really have faith, we got to believe something that we cannot see with our physical eyes. And obviously, our shield represents protection, And back in the day, you know, soldiers, excuse me, they didn't have these little baby shields. Like, they had a shield. Pastor Steve said, full body, it was covering you. You was protected. We can only come to God through our faith. And so God wants to extend us that protection. But, of course, Satan's strategy, fear, right? Right? He wants, to oper- he wants us to operate afraid. He sends these fiery darts to try to take us out. I always say the devil's job description is in John 10, 10, where it says the thief coming to steal, kill, and destroy. That's his job. That's what he do. That's all he do. Kill, steal, destroy. That's his goal. That is his plan for our life, to kill us, to steal from us, and to destroy us emotionally, mentally, spiritually, Financially, he be trying to mess with my coin. The nerve. But it's okay, because I pay my tithes. (laughs) All the pastors are clapping. (laughs) We don't always see what's coming, right? So even sometimes with God, we can't always see, but we have faith. But then there's the enemy on the flip side that tries to keep us in a place of spiritual blindness so that we can't see when he's coming. 
when he's rearing back his fiery darts from his bow and arrow, he wants to prevent us from being able to see, from being able to have faith and know that God is going to protect us and shield us. The enemy specifically sends darts our way in situations when we need to have faith. And you know what? God doesn't cause it, but he allows it. And he allows it so that our faith can be built, so we can increase in our faith. Because in order for us to grow in our faith, we got to go through some situations where our faith is tested, right? Where we got to believe God a little bit more than we did in the last situation to know that he's going to bring us through. So I always tell people all the time, you know, my mom, we've celebrated two years of her being in remission from cancer. Thank you, Jesus. And I remember we was just praying and praying for her. And after going through that situation, I'm like, anybody that want me to pray and believe with you for somebody to be healed, I'm with you. I'm there. Two and a half years ago, I wasn't there. I I don't know if I would have been raising my hand that high. Because God had to take me through situations where he had to build my faith so that when the enemy comes and throws those darts up against me, I can put up my shield and be protected. (sighs) Second part of verse 16, it says, with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Verse 17, take the helmet of salvation. We have to take salvation and put it on our minds. So salvation is, it's our confession of faith and believing and accepting. We accept and we receive salvation. So we are saved from the penalty of sin and death, which we deserved. But God gives us hope. Christ gives us hope. And so when we put salvation on our minds, the Satan, Satan strategy is bondage. He wants to keep us bound in our mind, in our way of thinking, His strategy is guilt and shame and condemnation. He wants us to walk through those cycles of feeling guilty, of feeling inadequate, of feeling condemned. But the word tells us that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And so our salvation is not just an act and it's a profession, but it's it's how we think. We have to put it on our mind. When we walk into situations, we have to know that God saved me from that. Even though I did deserve that consequence, he saved me from that. And the only reason I'm saved is through him because of his grace and his mercy. There's nothing that we can do to earn God's salvation. He gives it to us. We don't deserve it, y'all. And the thing is, the enemy will try to keep us stuck there, that we don't deserve it. And that we can't fully be free from guilt. We can't fully be free from shame, because there's always that one little thing that's just going to keep nipping at you. No, we saved. Lastly, It says, and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. So we got this whole armor, right? We suited and booted out here. We protected. We got all the pieces. 
we got five things and then five pieces of protection and we get one weapon and our weapon is the word the word of god so you know what the enemy does he tries to keep us ignorant of the word of god we come to church we dance we go through the motions the word come forth all of a sudden we get a little tired and we got to check instagram Throw something soft, Pastor Portia, something soft. We at home Monday through Saturday, and we might listen to, you know, our Spotify playlist or a podcast or something. But then when it's time to open up our word, I, I can read like two verses, and then, you know, that, that's enough. And don't try to read it at night before you go to bed because you're going to get you're going to finish one sentence, and the next thing you know, you're calling them hogs, like my grandma used to say. Translation, you start snoring. And so the enemy wants to do whatever he can to prevent us from accessing our one weapon, the word, which we know we are supposed to hide in our hearts so that we will not sin against God. And he'll do whatever it takes. Don't commit to no one-year Bible reading plan. I mean, do. But I'm saying, will you do? Why is it so hard to finish? Because the devil got a scheme. He's like, "Mm mm-mm, she thinks she's going to read that word, but she ain't. Because she's going to get a week behind, and then I'm going to take her back and make her feel guilty about not keeping up, and then you just quit. You're just like, oh, I'm already two weeks behind. I didn't read the word. I'll just quit and I'll just start again next year. I'm telling on myself right now, y'all. Like, I really am. If you follow me on the Bible app, you'll see I'm a few days behind. But I always tell people, just start where you at. Keep going. I would rather do 250 days of reading the word than just to give up completely and not get it in here. Because that's, that's my weapon. That's how I fight. But because we are beings that are physical and also spiritual, you know, whatever we feed the most is going to be strongest. And it's very easy for us to, feel, to feed our physical bodies. And not just with Chick-fil-A, but with just desires and pleasures of the flesh. And so that's easy. It's hard. That's why it's a spiritual discipline to read our word because it takes discipline. It's not easy. Everything in our flesh wants to come up against that so that we don't pick up and take up our one weapon. Satan wants to keep us ignorant so that we don't know what the word says and we don't know how to use it and apply it. Because not only do we need to know what it says, but we need to declare it. I think about when Jesus was fasting for 40 days and he was in the wilderness and the enemy came up against him. Every time Jesus said, it is written, and he spoke the word out loud. When the devil came at him, he just didn't just think in his mind, Oh, that verse, 
over there somewhere in the Old Testament? Like, no, he knew what it was. He said it. He spoke it into his situation. That's how we can be strong, taking us all the way back to verse 10, in God's mighty power. Because his power is in the word. Because it's living and it's active. This ain't some old textbook that we can just go reference every now and then. This is our weapon, family. This is how we enter into this battle. So sometimes we want to throw hands. <laughs> Some of us, we're, we're very logical. I'm very logical, very linear in how I think. I want to reason my way out of situations. I want to, you know, have conversations and figure things out. And that's a great skill to have. But sometimes I just need the word. I just need to throw the word at my situation. So Satan's strategy, ignorance, and he wants us to be depleted. The devil wants us to continually be running on fumes. So we're spiritually weak. We're spiritually depleted. And we don't know why we can't overcome this. We don't know why we can't overcome that. Because we're trying to overcome it rather than allowing God to overcome it for us. The power of God's spirit is released through his word, which is why we have to get the word in us. Victory is in the word of God. It's in our sword. So like I said earlier, this battle that we're in, (laughs) we're not running over to the devil's house. Our job is to stand firm, to have our armor on, Because the devil is coming for us. We ain't got to come for him. He's on his way. He's on his way. And our job is to stand firm, to be planted, to be established, to be set in balance. Having done all to stand. That's our job, family. Some of us, we just want to fight. We just, oh, Jesus Christ. Like, <laughs> amen, just do it with the word. That's all I'm saying. I'm just, that's all I'm saying. Use your, use your sword. Use your sword. Our role is to stand in the victory that God has already won for us. Jesus went to the cross. Defeated the grave. The victory is already won. Satan knows that his time is running out. So he's doing whatever little things he can right now to try to get us as caught up as much as he can because his time is running out because he already know he defeated. But we got to make sure every day that he's defeated because he's showing up knocking at our door every single day. He don't be giving no days off. We have to realize that we are not fighting for victory. We are fighting from victory. We are already fighting from a place of victory. And when we really begin to have that mindset and think about it that way, we need to be confident, not in us, 
not in what we can do, not in how many scriptures we can memorize, but we need to be confident in Jesus Christ, our Lord, who has already fought this battle on our behalf, who is still interceding for us on our behalf. But here's the thing. We got to show up and stand up. And the reality is sometimes we're going to get knocked down. That's just the reality. But we got to get back up. But the thing is, we don't have to get knocked down. And it's up to us to determine whether we're going to get knocked down or not. God gives us this armor. And the Apostle Paul tells us to put on the full armor of God, the whole thing. Don't walk out of the house with just your helmet on thinking... <laughs> he ain't going to come at me full force today, so I only need the helmet today. Or these shoes a piece don't match my outfit. No, you need the whole full armor. Every piece of it, because we cannot allow any part of us to be exposed to the enemy. Because the enemy is looking for our weakness. He's looking for where he can get in. Oh, one of the things, can I just tell y'all what, get on my nerves When there's just something about somebody that just drives you crazy, it just irks you. And then that person walks out of your life and, you, and they leave. And then you go on over here and you meet that same person that irks you. And I'm just like, didn't, didn't you just leave? But it's because God's trying to work something out in us. And sometimes the enemy will keep sending that same person in a new body to try to trip you up. Watch out, fellas. Watch out, ladies. Sorry, that's just my personal pet peeve. And God allows it to happen so that we can get free, so that we can really walk in our victory. And the devil makes it happen for our destruction. And so we got to remember that when we're experiencing these schemes, when these fiery darts is coming at us, or the big ones. The devil's trying to take us out. But we got to know that God is allowing it to happen so that we can walk in victory. Because we got to march on in victory. That's who he's called us to be as his children, as people of God. Verse 18, it says, And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. So we need to be praying in the Spirit on all occasions. Not just when Pastor Portia and Pastor Steve get up here and tell us to pray. Not just when we're going through a tough situation and we're like, ooh, I can't handle this, I need God. I mean, do pray then, but we need to pray on all occasions. When we're feeling good, when things seem like they're going right, screw it, you better pray. That might be a sign that something's on the way. We need to pray on all occasions. Pray in the Spirit. We need to walk in the Spirit in order to pray in the Spirit. Because I can do a little quick, thank you, Jesus, for this food that I'm about to receive, a man type of prayer. 
But in order for me to actually pray in the spirit, I need to be able to understand what's going on in the spirit. Monty said it's a war. It's a battle. And sometimes we get so caught up in just being human beings in this physical world that we're not mindful of the spiritual battle that we're walking through every day, which is why we need this armor. Because it's not only our protection, but it's, it's our victory. Be alert and keep praying. We got to keep praying. We got to be alert. We got to be awake. God, wake us up from our spiritual sleep and slumber. Help us to be alert. God, help me to discern what's going on in the spirit realm. God, help me not to be ignorant of what's taking place in the spirit. God, open my spiritual eyes to be able to see. God, open my spiritual ears to be able to hear. Lord, open my heart so that I can understand and receive what it is that you want to give to me. If there was ever a time that we needed to be woke and alert, today is the day. Because I'm over here like, Jesus, if you want to come back, and I'm still young, I still got a life to live. I'm just like, it's just craziness out here. Apostle Paul closes out part of chapter 6. He says, pray also for me that whenever I speak, words may be given to me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. We need to pray that as well. We need to be able to proclaim the gospel fearlessly. We just talked about soul winning Saturdays. What is Soul Winning Saturdays? Soul Winning Saturdays is about sharing the message and the love of Jesus Christ in a dark world, being light in dark places of our community, not just sitting back in our little well-lit living rooms, having a hallelujah time, but going out, sharing the word, teaching people, showing them how to grow in their faith. That's our job as people of faith. Our job is not to just have good Sunday attendance and come and have a good time and we feel like family and we cool and it's all good. Our job is to make disciples. We should be telling other people about what God is doing in us so that they can get free. They need to hear our stories. They need to hear our struggles. They need to know how we were able to overcome, how we are able to not just experience one-time victories, but live sustainably from a place of victory. Our world out there is dying, and they need that. I was just telling Pastor Regina, there's such a hunger in our world for spiritual things. People are dabbling in the spiritual world. Messing with all these crystals and sage and all these things that some of us think, oh, it's okay, it's, it's not that big of a deal. Some of these spiritual things ain't stuff to play with. And we conjuring up all kind of energy and thinking we removing stuff out of our space and we actually bringing stuff in and we don't even know it. I felt myself step on some toes. 
It is what it is. <laughs> this world is hungering for spiritual things because that's how God created us. There's something in us that's longing for spiritual connection and spiritual encounter. But the problem is we got two options. We got dark spiritualness and we got the light. That's why we got to stay in the light and we can't even dabble in the darkness. Give the enemy an inch, you're going to take five miles. Forget one. Pastor C told me not to look at the clock, but I'm looking anyway. I'm sorry, Pastor. I'm not trying to be disobedient. (laughs) We have to start putting on our armor, church. We have to be prepared. We are in a spiritual battle. We have to protect ourselves. The enemy has already come up against us. He is coming up against us. He's not going to stop coming up against us. And guess what? It's going to get worse. And I know some of us right now think that where our world is, that we're coming over a hump and that things are going to get better. I don't discern that. I don't discern that. Things are going to get more difficult. Things are going to get more challenging. And we got to be ready. And we got to be prepared not only for ourselves and our loved ones, but for a dying world out there that are spiritually dead, that are lost. We got to bring them in to the light. But it's got to start with us putting on our armor It's got to start with us being able to stand firm when the enemy tries to come up against us. God has given us what we need. I always say that, you know, we we pray and we ask God for things and we want God to do this and that. And nine times out of ten, it's already written in here. He's already given us instruction and direction on what to do. We just got to know it and be obedient and follow it. So if I were to close and just share anything with you all, it would just be that we have to put on the armor of God. It can't just be that scripture that we talked about that one Sunday in Ephesians chapter 6. It needs to become a practice. It needs to become a regular part of our lives. Where we aren't just falling to the left and to the right, anytime the enemy comes up against us with his little pew, baby darts, and even his big ones, we have to learn how to stand firm against the enemy. Because, like I said, his job description, still kill and destroy, he wants to take us out. But we serve a God that is so good and is so faithful that he's given us everything we need to withstand the enemy everything. And we ain't got to be scared. I'm from Oakland. I ain't never scared. Uh, We don't have to be afraid. We don't have to be intimidated by that. But we do have to put on our armor and step into the authority that Christ has given us. Let me be the first to tell you that takes work and it ain't easy. Because if it was, we'd all be walking around like somebody by their soldiers. It's hard. But God has already given us what we need.
And so I'm just going to close us out in prayer. I know we got celebrations and all the things going on today. Um, And thank you to those of you that are joining us for the first time that maybe came to support your loved one that are getting baptized or that got baptized today, all of our new members. We're going to have a time of celebration in the back. But we have to take this moment just to pray. Because celebrating and community building and doing all these things is important, but so is our soul. And so are the souls of people out there that we're supposed to be reaching. So God, we thank you today for your word. God, we thank you, Lord, that you are the truth, that you don't just possess truth, but that you are the truth. We thank you, Lord, that, God, you make us right. We thank you, Lord, that you protect us. We thank you, Lord, that you've saved us. We thank you, Lord, that you have given us everything that we need to walk in the fullness of who it is that you've called us to be. But God, it's not easy. So God, I pray today that you would place in us a desire to put on the full armor. God, that every attack and every scheme, every plot of the enemy, that it will fall to the ground. But God, teach us how to stand. God, teach us how to stand on your word. God, teach us how to use your word against the enemy when he comes up against us. God, let us not just be tossed with the winds and the waves. But God, I pray that you would start with us, Lord, that you would make us bold, that you would make us courageous, God, that you would give us a clean heart, that we would desire you above everything else that this world has to offer. God, we thank you that you love us, that you lavish your unconditional love for us, that you lavish it on us, God. We pray, oh Lord, today that you would continue to equip us. God, help us not to be spiritually lethargic. God, help us not to be spiritually negligent. But God, give us a heart to seek you above all else. God, give us a desire to be who it is that you called us to be. God, we ask that the fire of your Holy Spirit, Lord, will burn out everything in our lives that is not of you. So, Lord God, we thank you for who you are. We thank you for your protection. We thank you for your equipping. And God, we just ask, Lord, that you would continue to draw us closer to you, Lord, and that we would build your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Encounter Church Sermon of the Week. If you would like to learn more about us, please visit EncounterJesus.us or search for Encounter Church San Leandro in your app store.